hey, you'll never guess what. We have a wiki. So many people in our community came together and made wiki.duckfeed.tv slash possible. So go check that out and uh, be sure to uh, thank them because it is really, really cool. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast episode. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses to uh, the games we covered in our edutainment special, uh, namely Oregon Trail and uh, The Typing of the Dead. Absolutely. Thanks for writing, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll get to start here with Brian. Brian says via contact. As a child in the early 80s, my experiences with Oregon Trail were at my cousin's house out of state. Being much younger than they, I was more of a sidecar than an active participant, often dying of negligence, if not dysentery. Uh, followed up with a profane burial message on my tombstone. Somehow, I still have nothing but fond memories. That's funny how memory works. <laughs> yeah, it, like this can be a failure simulator. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I like I like I like being a sidecar <laughs> to this. Like, I just imagine like a tiny little wagon appended to a regular wagon. <laughs> yep, I'm helping. Yeah. yeah, but this Aww. is like this is a game that you can uh, that you can you know backseat drive. In. Yeah, crowdsource out like a Telltale game. Yeah, like let's all make decisions together <laughs> and and learn about each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to hold a funeral, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that's what's on my tombstone, huh? <laughs> well, oh, well, onion no. smell, huh? Onion smell. Well, think about that. Get five people together. Name uh, each party member um on mm-hmm. after them and as if they if they die they have to leave the room i oh that that's yeah that, that would be good and then they had to sit and stare in silence on my second playthrough i named everybody roars just so i knew roars would make it after the first time there's just roars 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 roars, roars. <laughs> one's bitten five times shy yeah i'm just imagining all these little roars with little cowboy hats and like little spurs and stuff it's real great oh god make that happen take him to a sears yeah <laughs> Oh, Amanda writes in via contact. I love Oregon Trail. I remember when my elementary school decided to move into the modern age, uh, they ended up building a strange long-term trailer uh, that was attached to our building that was also the only quote-unquote room that had air air, air conditioning in the whole school. My fourth grade class will be brought out to that trailer for Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing, uh, where the teacher would use the high-tech technology of covering our hands with a piece of paper, um, and people would sneak open Oregon Trail uh, whenever possible. I remember the anxiety of steering the raft down the river at the end of the game or choosing to journey too late and navigating snow with my group of erstwhile survivors. I wonder if our generation's obsession with the apocalypse is rooted in childhood journeys on the Oregon Trail. Oh. Yeah, so that is a really good uh, question. I, You know, so before I played Oregon Trail, I read Hatchet. Mm-hmm. And I had this childhood obsession with, like, survival kind of stuff like catch it my side of the mountain like this definitely like you know tapped into that a little bit like you know we're roughing it we're we're making do but like that is a like that's as good of an explanation as any um outside of like cultural anxiety about the end of the world you know like the hangover from the cold war stuff like that i think cultural anxiety about the end of the world uh vis-a-vis impending like climate doom and nuclear scare is probably more likely for our thinking of the apocalypse yep uh just because like this game isn't apocalyptic it's just dark (laughs) <laughs> it's like survival, you know, survival based. But that's I think that that the reason why our generation or other generations get kind of obsessed with that stuff is because we're taught about it a lot because it's kind of sexy. <laughs> so like, if you're going to talk about history, like one way to get his kids into history is to talk about how bad it was. Mm-hmm. 
you know, cause it's kind of salacious, right? Like, yeah. you know, you want to talk about daily life and it being really hard because those are relevant, interesting details. Yeah. And, uh, if so, people are like trying to cross the country to make their fortunes and like, they might get bit by rattlesnakes and shit, that's a, a way to sell something to a fourth grader, you know? <laughs> so I think, I think that like, it makes a lot of sense that we are, uh, obsessed with, or we have like survival things and there are lots of kid lit that has to do with like survival and stuff because it's a cool thing that like kids are interested in because mm -hmm. it's a way to to teach them about real because life was about survival up until several <laughs> generations before ours right where now it is not uh <laughs> you know and i'm not saying that to be like classist like there are people for whom like survival is actually up in the air but for most uh for a lot of people who are just kind of uh you know even you know i would grow up very poor and i didn't it wasn't like i was gonna get bit by a rattlesnake you know it's hard for me to say my life was about being about survival yeah. Um, you know, so it is uh, it is a cool way to, to sell history and was reality for so long, <laughs> you know, on the flip side, no story about time travel where somebody goes back ever includes a bit where you're floored by the stench. That's true. I always <laughs> want that to be. And they also kiss people in the past, which like, why would Ugh. you do that? Their mouths are just open sewers like they all of those teeth are, are dead and broken. Like never kiss somebody in the past. <laughs> um, I always think about that. And then in movies and stuff where people are like making out first thing in the morning. Ugh. Yeah. How do you do that, man? Like, don't you do neither of you breathe through your mouth? Come on. <laughs> You're sleeping. How do you know? <laughs> um, uh, Derek says by, uh, by contact. Um, as somebody who was raised in Oregon, I always took pride in the game sharing the same name as the state I called home. Being an elementary schooler in the very early 90s meant that any kind of technology time we enjoyed in class was either Math Blaster or Oregon Trail. While I'm sure that the faculty kidded themselves that we were being educated about pioneer life and the hardships they faced, all we cared about was hunting. The only things worth buying were guns and ammo, and it was hard to be too angry when your wagon uh, tipped over uh, while trying to ford a river on account of the 9,000 pounds of buffalo meat that you have with you. <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah. whole overhunting thing disincentivizes the part of the game that so many of us fixated on when we were young. Yeah. 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 Um, little little sun, fun governor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder. So nobody wrote in who, uh, who talked about like, yeah, I grew up in the you know <laughs> i grew up in like 2001 to 2005 so like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about this sucks like we're very well, much I, we're very much playing to our audience's age yeah well no i mean london like i said uh, the guy yeah. who i work with he's 21 yeah, so yeah, he went you know he uh was in high school as of like three years ago mm, okay. and played this i mean i don't think he played it three years ago he played it in school though yeah so as of like seven years ago he well, played this game well that's cool uh, Sam Bear writes in via contact. This is the story I alluded to uh, in the main episode. While I eventually played the Windows Oregon Trail classic release, the Oregon Trail I played over and over was the old version on Apple II with the sweet 80s MIDI covers of American folk music and stick figure tank control hunting. One of my proudest moments was filling in the entire highest score list with my with my own name, uh, which required playing as a farmer, spending as little money as possible and finishing with everyone alive in an excellent health. Uh, this probably led to my love of roguelikes today. My worst Oregon Trail moment uh, was getting the DSiWare version, which turned uh, a tightly focused risk assessment based survival game into a series of bloated, shitty mini games. Apparently, the Wii version is even worse. Why? Ford Rivers every day, Sam. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, I looked at, uh, so, so there was an Xbox live version of that as well. And I think that the, we the, we were version is, uh, is, is the same. It's like po polygonal. Mm, <laughs> it's like a that's 3D unfortunate. game. Yeah. I don't care for that. Uh, to, to, to no um, purpose. And, uh, the, the screenshots look as gray and dingy as you could possibly imagine. 
there could there's probably a market just for a straight up remake of this uh, or like just a like a old port of the old version mm-hmm. you know people have so much affection for it and nobody liked those new versions like i don't know why they just don't do that yeah it seems like if you have the rights for it it would be like printing money yeah i wonder if game yeah. still has that yeah so off the brand check. for them <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely like it yeah. is weird that they even bought it um yeah so thank you sam uh danny says via contact Unlike a lot of people I know, I don't actually have any strong memories of playing Oregon Trail in school. Instead, we played some mysterious game I can't find evidence of where you were the manager of a band that relied on math for some strange reason. Um, I, came, I, uh, I came to the game as an adult and quickly realized that if I were to actually have lived as a settler, I probably would have died very, very quickly. Typing of the Dead, on the other hand, I do have a somewhat strong connection to. The original House of the Dead arcade machine was a major source of bonding between my stepfather and I. And when my father found out uh, and had this spurt of jealousy, as he always did, he tried to win me over by installing Typing of the Dead on one of my family computers. This is a good response. Um, while the original dad cabinet, fights, dad fights, dad fights. <laughs> way into it. Like, dad be stepdad is like, go get them, tigers. Um, while the original cabinet, with its grimy plastic guns uh, and strange habit of only being found in bowling alleys, was incredibly fun due to my younger self not really having a grasp on the mechanics and instead just choosing to shoot whatever was on the screen that wasn't a zombie, typing of the dead wasn't quite my speed. Frustrated, my father uninstalled the game and replaced it with a meme program and quietly left me alone after that. <laughs> dad defeat. Dad defeat. <laughs> yeah, that's sad, dads. Um, as an adult, having revisited both House of the Dead and Typing of the Dead, I don't really understand what the younger me thought was so bad about it other than my indiscriminate rejection of all edutainment games, as Typing of the Dead Overkill remains one of my favorite variants on the House of the Dead series to this day. Maybe if I had taken more of the game, uh, my typing skills, maybe if I had uh, played more of the game, my typing skills would be stronger, and I guess we can't have everything we want out of life. <laughs> as, you, as, as your dad great. learned. <laughs> Yeah, this is very downbeat and great. It's <laughs> <You know, laughs> fine. You can play the meme version. <laughs> That's very funny. Oh. Uh, yeah, I hope that you have a good relationship with both of those men. Yes. <laughs> because um, because Donatus is, is, is bad. But yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for laughing because that is kind of sad. But I mean, it's, very funny, it's pretty though. funny. Like, yeah, it's a very like, like oh, I can get you the zombie game you like. <laughs> here, here you go. <laughs> It's just That's like, it's like. just like, uh, oh, oh, where are you going? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, look, you can play it on the computer. Um, oh, we can play it great. together here. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Sit with me, son. Yeah. <laughs> type, type, type these men dead. That's in the cradle. In the <laughs> <laughs> like, this is uh, just a slow camera <laughs> crane out. Yeah. Oh. That's Man. real good. Uh, Greg writes in via contact. Uh, Typing of the Dead is a game that I've never owned, but have seen in both Dreamcast and PC version have played on, and have played on PC when I visited a cousin that had it on her computer back when the game was new. I didn't think I'd like it so much, as typing games had been around since I was a kid and they all tended to suck. I'm also not a huge House of the Dead fan. Uh, the games are all right, and I'll play one if I see it in the arcade, but I suck at them and have never had the home version. Despite this, it didn't take long for me to get into the typing of the dead and end up having a lot of fun with it. The gameplay really works well uh, with the typing angle, and you have to try and focus and not panic as more zombies attack you on the screen. It doesn't take long for the game to get very frantic, uh, but that's part of the appeal. By taking a good game and making the gameplay work by typing, it's a wonderful blend of two concepts that really works uh, better than it has any right to. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Some is uh, greater than the parts. 
Yeah, it is wonderful. So yeah, thank you guys for your responses. Uh, we have one final response that is not related uh, in the uh, the just fun in. Uh, this is actually a late response about yeah. uh, I, I, of Masara. I had to include it because it's about a boat mystery. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Brian says by contact uh, Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara was the closest thing I had to a video game white whale down to the fact that I had first encountered Shadow of Mystara in an arcade on a cruise ship in the late 90s up to that point I did not own a console so most of the games I played were in arcades or at friends houses over the course of a few days at sea I blew untold quarters on this game and was amazed that it was more full featured and deep than any arcade game I'd ever played and most console games for that matter I was not close to uh, finishing it in that time and never saw any other arcade I went to have it afterwards. But this game left such an impression on me that 15 plus years later, when I finally, when it finally came to Steam, I immediately recognized it and bought it so I could finally complete this amazing arcade experience. Needless to say, it held up. Sometimes good things do eventually see the light of day. Thanks for covering such an interesting arcade gem. Thank you, Brian. Yep. Just yeah. like, oh, this is a ghost machine that only exists in international waters. Oh, that's a good idea, man. Like an arcade that uh, breaks the laws of man. Like, yep. Like you have to insert a, a finger joint into it and like it cuts it off and that's your quarter. It's the arcade. It's the arcade of the damned. Yeah. I, I'm. That's a good idea. That's a yeah. goosebumps. <laughs> you go back on the same ship and you, you you go there and that room is boarded up and you ask a you ask a cook who's walking by like stirring a pot slowly like hey what happened to the to the arcade here is like oh we don't talk about that anymore and then he runs away yeah <laughs> and, and you see the camera up in the corner like turn and focus on you it, it uh that, that was real spooky up until he said we don't talk about that anymore and then turns and runs away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I, I, I would prefer him like prosaically like stirring soup, <laughs> and then like you find out partway through the conversation that he has one glass eye. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going off the top of my head. I wanted to bring it to no, a no, close. It's, it's okay. I just, I, it is a much funnier mind's eye thing. He's just like, <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore, <laughs> and just uh, sprints away. But that, that arcade game that you put in like a finger joint or you place your like face on a mask and it takes one eye or something like that, like an arcade game that instead of quarters takes like you know tiny thumb-sized bits of your body it just takes a piece of you yeah yeah i like that i like that idea mm. a lot yeah that's good um anyway so th- thanks for thanks for writing in um if you <laughs> to play microsurgeon help... you have to insert this probe yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to co uh, co-develop this arcade game i want to i want to create that is only used for the climax of platoon um the, uh please uh write in at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact or if you have anything to say about uh new vegas day of the tentacle or Deus Ex Invisible War. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. A lot of people have already written about written in about uh, Fallout New Vegas, and we're looking for more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing that. If you want to support the show, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also write and re- write reviews and do ratings on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't use iTunes, uh, blog posts and Twitter mentions are great. Yeah, and uh, we have a shitload of other shows at duckfeed.tv. Um, about any number of topics and that is growing thanks to the patreon yeah so uh share the wealth yeah um yeah so thanks everybody mm-hmm. and uh yeah and uh, good night umbasa umbasa
Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. My mouth is dry. My fangs were salty. Oh, uh, what'd you get? What'd you they, get? they were just frozen, frozen Meyer brand fangs. Oh, okay. And uh, didn't add any salty? salt. Yeah, and just, uh, yeah. yeah. So my mouth had... <clears throat> Those, them preservies. <clears throat> yeah. 